Chapter Seven of Different Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. Different Girls Harper's Novelettes. Editha by William Dean Howells. The air was thick with the war-won feeling, like the electricity of a storm which is not yet burst. Editha sat looking out into the hot spring afternoon, with her lips parted and panting with the intensity of the question whether she could let him go. She had decided that she could not let him stay when she saw him at the end of the still, leafless avenue, making slowly up toward the house with his head down and his figure relaxed she ran impatiently out on the veranda to the edge of the steps and imperatively demanded greater haste of him with her will before she called aloud to him george he had quickened his pace in mystical response to her mystical urgence before he could have heard her now he looked up and answered well oh how united we are she exulted and then she swooped down the steps to him what is it she cried it's war he said and he pulled her up to him and kissed her she kissed him back intensely but irrelevantly as to their passion and uttered from deep in her throat how glorious it's war he repeated without consenting to her sense of it and she did not know just what to think at first she never knew what to think of him that made his mystery his charm all through their courtship which was contemporaneous with the growth of the war feeling she had been puzzled by his want of seriousness about it he seemed to despise it even more than he abhorred it she could have understood his abhorring any sort of bloodshed that would have been a survival of his old life when he thought he would be a minister and before he changed and took up the law but making light of a cause so high and noble seemed to show a want of earnestness at the core of his being not but that she felt herself able to cope with a congenital defect of that sort and make his love for her save him from himself now perhaps the miracle was already wrought in him in the presence of the tremendous fact that he announced all trivialities seemed to have gone out of him she began to feel that he sank down on the top step and wiped his forehead with his handkerchief while she poured out upon him her question of the origin and authenticity of his news all the while in her duplex emotioning she was aware that now at the very beginning she must put a guard upon herself against urging him by any word or act to take the part that her whole soul willed him to take for the completion of her ideal of him he was very nearly perfect as he was and he must be allowed to perfect himself but he was peculiar and he might very well be reasoned out of his peculiarity before her reasoning went her emotioning her nature pulling upon his nature her womanhood upon his manhood without her knowing the means she was using to the end she was willing 
she had always supposed that the man who won her would have done something to win her she did not know what but something george gerson had simply asked her for her love on the way home from a concert and she gave her love to him without as it were thinking but now it flashed upon her if he could do something worthy to have won her be a hero her hero it would be even better than if he had done it before asking her it would be grander besides she had believed in the war from the beginning but don't you see dearest she said that it wouldn't have come to this if it hadn't been in the order of providence and i call any war glorious that is for the liberation of people who have been struggling for years against the cruelest oppression don't you think so too i suppose so he returned languidly but war is it glorious to break the peace of the world that ignoble peace it was no peace at all with that crime and shame at our very gates she was conscious of parroting the current phrases of the newspapers but it was no time to pick and choose her words she must sacrifice anything to the high ideal she had for him and after a good deal of rapid argument she ended with the climax but now it doesn't matter about the how or why since the war has come all that is gone there are no two sides any more there is nothing now but our country he sat with his eyes closed and his head leaned back against the veranda and he said with a vague smile as if musing aloud our country right or wrong yes right or wrong she returned fervidly i'll go and get you some lemonade she rose rustling and whisked away when she came back with two tall glasses of clouded liquid on a tray and the ice clucking in them he still sat as she had left him and she said as if there had been no interruption but there is no question of wrong in this case i call it a sacred war a war for liberty and humanity if ever there was one and i know you will see it just as i do yet he took half the lemonade at a gulp and he answered as he set the glass down i know you always have the highest ideal when i differ from you i ought to doubt myself a generous sob rose in editha's throat for the humility of a man so very nearly perfect who was willing to put himself below her besides she felt that he was never so near slipping through her fingers as when he took that meek way you shall not say that only for once i happen to be right she seized his hand in her two hands and poured her soul from her eyes into his don't you think so she entreated him he released his hand and drank the rest of his lemonade and she added have mine too but he shook his head in answering i've no business to think so unless i act so too her heart stopped a beat before it pulsed on with leaps that she felt in her neck she had noticed that strange thing in men they seemed to feel bound to do what they believed and not think a thing was finished when they said it as girls did 
she knew what was in his mind but she pretended not and she said oh i'm not sure he went on as if to himself without apparently heeding her there's only one way of proving one's faith in a thing like this she could not say that she understood but she did understand he went on again if i believed if i felt as you do about this war do you wish me to feel as you do now she was really not sure so she said george i don't know what you mean he seemed to muse away from her as before there is a sort of fascination in it i suppose that at the bottom of his heart every man would like at times to have his courage tested to see how he would act how can you talk in that ghastly way it is rather morbid still that's what it comes to unless you're swept away by ambition or driven by conviction i haven't the conviction or the ambition and the other thing is what it comes to with me i ought to have been a preacher after all then i couldn't have asked it of myself as i must now i'm a lawyer and you believe it's a holy war aditha he suddenly addressed her or i know you do but you wish me to believe so too she hardly knew whether he was mocking or not in the ironical way he always had with her plainer mind but the only thing was to be outspoken with him george i wish you to believe whatever you think is true at any and every cost if i've tried to talk you into anything i take it all back oh i know that aditha i know how sincere you are and how i wish i had your undoubting spirit i'll think it over i'd like to believe as you do but i don't now i don't indeed it isn't this war alone though this seems peculiarly wanton and needless but it's every war so stupid it makes me sick why shouldn't this thing have been settled reasonably because she said very throatily again god meant it to be a war you think it was god yes i suppose that is what people will say do you suppose it would have been war if god hadn't meant it i don't know sometimes it seems as if god had put this world into men's keeping to work it as they pleased now george that is blasphemy well i won't blaspheme i'll try to believe in your pocket providence he said and then he rose to go why don't you stay to dinner dinner at balcombe's works was at one o'clock i'll come back to supper if you'll let me perhaps i shall bring you a convert well you may come back on that condition all right if i don't come you'll understand he went away without kissing her and she felt it a suspension of their engagement it all interested her intensely she was undergoing a tremendous experience and she was being equal to it while she stood looking after him her mother came out through one of the long windows on to the veranda with a cat-like softness and vagueness why didn't he stay to dinner because because war has been declared aditha pronounced 
without turning her mother said oh my and then said nothing more until she had sat down in one of the large shaker chairs and rocked herself for some time then she closed whatever tacit passage of thought there had been in her mind with the spoken words well i hope he won't go and i hope he will the girl said and confronted her mother with a stormy exaltation that would have frightened any creature less unimpressionable than a cat her mother rocked herself again for an interval of cogitation what she arrived at in speech was well i guess you've done a wicked thing editha belcom the girl said as she passed indoors through the same window her mother had come out by i haven't done anything yet in her room she put together all her letters and gifts from gerson down to the withered petals of the first flower he had offered with that timidity of his veiled in that irony of his in the heart of the packet she enshrined her engagement ring which she had restored to the pretty box he had brought it her in then she sat down if not calmly yet strongly and wrote george i understood when you left me but i think we had better emphasize your meaning that if we cannot be one in everything we had better be one in nothing so i am sending these things for your keeping till you have made up your mind i shall always love you and therefore i shall never marry any one else but the man I marry must love his country first of all, and be able to say to me, I could not love thee, dear, so much. Loved I not honour more. There is no honour above America with me. In this great hour there is no other honour. Your heart will make my words clear to you. I had never expected to say so much, but it has come upon me that I must say the utmost. Editha she thought she had worded her letter well worded it in a way that could not be bettered all had been implied and nothing expressed she had it ready to send with the packet she had tied with red white and blue ribbon when it occurred to her that she was not just to him that she was not giving him a fair chance he had said he would go and think it over and she was not waiting she was pushing threatening compelling that was not a woman's part she must leave him free 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 she could not accept for her country or herself a forced sacrifice in writing her letter she had satisfied the impulse from which it sprang she could well afford to wait till he had thought it over she put the packet and the letter by and rested serene in the consciousness of having done what was laid upon her by her love itself to do and yet used patience mercy justice she had her reward gerson did not come to tea but she had given him till morning when late at night there came up from the village the sound of a fife and drum with a tumult of voices and shouting singing and laughing the noise drew nearer and nearer it reached the street end of the avenue there it silenced itself and one voice the voice she knew best 
rose over the silence it fell the air was filled with cheers the fife and drum struck up with the shouting singing and laughing again but now retreating and a single figure came hurrying up the avenue she ran down to meet her lover and clung to him he was very gay and he put his arm round her with a boisterous laugh well you must call me captain now or cap if you prefer that's what the boys call me yes we've had a meeting at the town hall and everybody has volunteered and they selected me for captain and i'm going to the war the big war the glorious war the holy war ordained by the pocket providence that blesses butchery come along let's tell the whole family about it call them from their downy beds father mother aunt hitty and all the folks but when they mounted the veranda steps he did not wait for a larger audience he poured the story out upon editha alone there was a lot of speaking and then some of the fools set up a shout for me it was all going one way and i thought it would be a good joke to sprinkle a little cold water on them but you can't do that with a crowd that adores you the first thing i knew i was sprinkling hell-fire on them cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war that was the style now that it had come to the fight there were no two parties there was one country and the thing was to fight the fight to a finish as quick as possible i suggested volunteering then and there and i wrote my name first of all on the roster then they elected me that's all i wish i had some ice water she left him walking up and down the veranda while she ran for the ice pitcher and a goblet and when she came back he was still walking up and down shouting the story he had told her to her father and mother who had come out more sketchily dressed than they commonly were by day he drank goblet after goblet of the ice-water without noticing who was giving it and kept on talking and laughing through his talk wildly it's astonishing he said how well the worse reason looks when you try to make it appear the better why i believe i was the first convert to the war in that crowd to-night i never thought i should like to kill a man but now i shouldn't care and the smokeless powder lets you see the man drop that you kill it's all for the country what a thing it is to have a country that can't be wrong but if it is is right anyway editha had a great vital thought an inspiration she set down the ice pitcher on the veranda floor and ran upstairs and got the letter she had written him when at last he noisily bade her father and mother well good-night i forgot i woke you up i shan't want any sleep myself she followed him down the avenue to the gate there after the whirling words that seemed to fly away from her thoughts and refused to serve them she made a last effort to solemnize the moment that seemed so crazy and pressed the letter she had written upon him what's this he said want me to mail it no no it's for you i wrote it after you went this morning keep it keep it and read it some time she thought and then her inspiration came 
read it if ever you doubt what you've done or fear that i regret your having done it read it after you've started they strained each other in embraces that seemed as ineffective as their words and he kissed her face with quick hot breaths that were so unlike him that made her feel as if she had lost her old lover and found a stranger in his place the stranger said what a gorgeous flower you are with your red hair and your blue eyes that look black now and your face with the colour painted out by the white moonshine let me hold you under my chin to see whether i love blood you tiger lily then he laughed gerson's laugh and released her scared and giddy within her wilfulness she had been frightened by a sense of subtler force in him and mystically mastered as she had never been before she ran all the way back to the house and mounted the steps panting her mother and father were talking of the great affair her mother said want mr gerson in rather of an excited state of mind didn't you think he acted curious well not for a man who'd just been elected captain and had to set him up for the whole of company a her father chuckled back what in the world do you mean mr balcom oh there's editha she offered to follow the girl indoors don't come mother editha called vanishing mrs balcom remained to reproach her husband i don't see much of anything to laugh at well it's catching caught it from gerson i guess it won't be much of a war and i guess gerson don't think so either the other fellows will back down as soon as they see we mean it i wouldn't lose any sleep over it i'm going back to bed myself gerson came again next afternoon looking pale and rather sick but quite himself even to his languid irony i guess i'd better tell you editha that i consecrated myself to your god of battles last night by pouring too many libations to him down my own throat but i'm all right now one has to carry off the excitement somehow promise me she commanded that you'll never touch it again what not let the canakin clink not let the soldier drink well i promise you don't belong to yourself now you don't even belong to me you belong to your country and you have a sacred charge to keep yourself strong and well for your country's sake i have been thinking thinking all night and all day long you look as if you had been crying a little too he said with his queer smile that's all past i've been thinking and worshipping you don't you suppose i know all that you've been through to come to this i've followed you every step from your old theories and opinions well you've had a long row to hoe and i know you've done this from the highest motives oh there won't be much pettifogging to do till this cruel war's and you haven't simply done it for my sake i couldn't respect you if you had well then we'll say i haven't a man that hasn't got his own respect intact wants the respect of all the other people he can corner but we won't go into that i'm in for the thing now and we've got to face our future my idea is that this isn't going to be a very protracted struggle 
we shall just scare the enemy to death when it conies to a fight at all but we must provide for contingencies editha if anything happens to me oh george she clung to him sobbing i don't want you to feel foolishly bound to my memory i should hate that wherever i happen to be i am yours for time and eternity time and eternity she liked the words they satisfied her famine for phrases well say eternity that's all right but time's another thing and i'm talking about time but there is something my mother if anything happens she winced and he laughed you're not the bold soldier girl of yesterday then he sobered if anything happens i want you to help my mother out she won't like my doing this thing she brought me up to think war a fool thing as well as a bad thing my father was in the civil war all through it lost his arm in it she thrilled with the sense of the arm round her what if that should be lost he laughed as if divining her oh it doesn't run in the family as far as i know then he added gravely he came home with misgivings about war and they grew on him i guess he and mother agreed between them that i was to be brought up in his final mind about it but that was before my time i only knew him from my mother's report of him and his opinions i don't know whether they were hers first but they were hers last this will be a blow to her i shall have to write and tell her he stopped and she asked would you like me to write too george i don't believe that would do no i'll do the writing she'll understand a little if i say that i thought the way to minimize it was to make war on the largest possible scale at once that i felt i must have been helping on the war somehow if i hadn't helped keep it from coming and i knew i hadn't when it came i had no right to stay out of it whether his sophistry satisfied him or not they satisfied her she clung to his breast and whispered with closed eyes and quivering lips yes 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 but if anything should happen you might go to her and see what you could do for her you know it's rather far off she can't leave her chair oh i'll go if it's the ends of the earth but nothing will happen nothing can i she felt herself lifted with his rising and gerson was saying with his arms still round her to her father well we're off at once mr balcombe we're to be formally accepted at the capital and then bunched up with the rest somehow and sent into camp somewhere and got to the front as soon as possible we all want to be in the van of course we're the first company to report to the governor i came to tell editha but i hadn't got round to it she saw him again for a moment at the capital in the station just before the train started southward with his regiment he looked well in his uniform and very soldierly but somehow girlish too with his clean-shaven face and slim figure the manly eyes and the strong voice satisfied her and his preoccupation with some unexpected details of duty flattered her other girls were weeping but she felt a sort of noble distinction in the abstraction with which they parted 
only at the last moment he said don't forget my mother it mayn't be such a walk over as i supposed and he laughed at the notion he waved his hand to her as the train moved off she knew it among a score of hands that were waved to other girls from the platform of the car for it held a letter which she knew was hers then he went inside the car to read it doubtless and she did not see him again but she felt safe for him through the strength of what she called her love what she called her god always speaking the name in a deep voice with the implication of a mutual understanding would watch over him and keep him and bring him back to her if with an empty sleeve then he should have three arms instead of two for both of hers should be his for life she did not see though why she should always be thinking of the arm his father had lost there were not many letters from him but they were such as she could have wished and she put her whole strength into making hers such as she imagined he could have wished glorifying and supporting him she wrote to his mother but the brief answer she got was merely to the effect that mrs gerson was not well enough to write herself and thanking her for her letter by the hand of some one who called herself yours truly mrs w j andrews editha determined not to be hurt but to write again quite as if the answer had been all she expected but before it seemed as if she could have written there came news of the first skirmish and in the list of the killed which was telegraphed as a trifling loss on our side was gerson's name there was a frantic time of trying to make out that it might be must be some other gerson but the name and the company and the regiment and the state were too definitely given then there was a lapse into depths out of which it seemed as if she never could rise again then a lift into clouds far above all grief black clouds that blotted out the sun but where she soared with him with george george she had the fever that she expected of herself but she did not die in it she was not even delirious and it did not last long when she was well enough to leave her bed her one thought was of george's mother of his strangely worded wish that she should go to her and see what she could do for her in the exaltation of the duty laid upon her it buoyed her up instead of burdening her she rapidly recovered her father went with her on the long railroad journey from northern new york to western iowa he had business out at davenport and he said he could just as well go then as any other time and he went with her to the little country town where george's mother lived in a little house on the edge of illimitable cornfields under trees pushed to a top of the rolling prairie george's father had settled there after the civil war as so many other old soldiers had done but they were eastern people and editha fancied touches of the east in the june rose overhanging the front door and the garden with early summer flowers stretching from the gate of the paling fence it was very low inside the house and so dim with the closed blinds that they could scarcely see one another editha tall and black in her crepes which filled the air with the smell of their dyes 
her father standing decorously apart with his hat on his forearm as at funerals a woman rested in a deep armchair and the woman who had let the strangers in stood behind the chair the seated woman turned her head round and up and asked the woman behind her chair who did you say editha if she had done what she expected of herself would have gone down on her knees at the feet of the seated figure and said i am george's editha for answer but instead of her own voice she heard that other woman's voice saying well i don't know as i did get the name just right i guess i'll have to make a little more light in here and she went and pushed two of the shutters ajar then editha's father said in his public will now address a few remarks tone my name is balcom ma'am junius h balcom of balcom's works new york my daughter oh the seated woman broke in with a powerful voice the voice that always surprised editha from gerson's slender frame let me see you stand round where the light can strike on your face and editha dumbly obeyed so you're editha balcom she sighed yes editha said more like a culprit than a comforter what did you come for editha's face quivered and her knees shook i came because because george she could go no farther yes the mother said he told me he had asked you to come if he got killed you didn't expect that i suppose when you sent him i would rather have died myself than done it editha said with more truth in her deep voice than she ordinarily found in it i tried to leave him free yes that letter of yours that came back with his other things left him free editha saw now where george's irony came from it was not to be read before unless until i told him so she faltered of course he wouldn't read a letter of yours under the circumstances till he thought you wanted him to been sick the woman abruptly demanded very sick editha said with self-pity daughter's life her father interposed was almost despaired of at one time mrs gerson gave him no heed i suppose you would have been glad to die such a brave person as you i don't believe he was glad to die he was always a timid boy that way he was afraid of a good many things but if he was afraid he did what he made up his mind to i suppose he made up his mind to go but i knew what it cost him by what it cost me when i heard of it i had been through one war before when you sent him you didn't expect he would get killed the voice seemed to compassionate editha and it was time no she huskily murmured no girls don't women don't when they give their men up to their country they think they'll come marching back somehow just as gay as they went or if it's an empty sleeve or even an empty pantaloon it's all the more glory and they're so much the prouder of them poor things the tears began to run down editha's face she had not wept till then 
but it was now such a relief to be understood that the tears came no you didn't expect him to get killed mrs gearson repeated in a voice which was startling like george's again you just expected him to kill someone else some of those foreigners that weren't there because they had any say about it but because they had to be there poor wretches conscripts or whatever they call em you thought it would be all right for my george your george to kill the sons of those miserable mothers and the husbands of those girls that you would never see the faces of the woman lifted her powerful voice in a psalm-like note i thank my god he didn't live to do it i thank my god that killed him first and that he ain't livin with their blood on his hands she dropped her eyes which she had raised with her voice and glared at editha what you got that black on for she lifted herself by her powerful arms so high that her helpless body seemed to hang limp its full length take it off take it off before i tear it from your back the lady who was passing the summer near balcom's works was sketching editha's beauty which lent itself wonderfully to the effects of a colorist it had come to that confidence which is rather apt to grow between artist and sitter and editha had told her everything to think of your having such a tragedy in your life the lady said she added i suppose there are people who feel that way about war but when you consider how much this war has done for the country i can't understand such people for my part and when you would come all the way out there to console her got up out of a sick-bed well i think editha said magnanimously she wasn't quite in her right mind and so did papa yes the lady said looking at editha's lips in nature and then at her lips in art and giving an empirical touch to them in the picture but how dreadful of her how perfectly excuse me how vulgar a light broke upon editha in the darkness which she felt had been without a gleam of brightness for weeks and months the mystery that had bewildered her was solved by the word and from that moment she rose from grovelling and shame and self-pity and began to live again in the ideal End of Aditha by William Dean Howells